Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest drivers, trends and movements in livestock, grain and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Agar. I hope you're all holding in there in what was a pretty horrible news week. But we have many good news stories in agriculture and we'll be hoping to get one today from Mark Symes, who is Southern Region Wool Manager from the Schneider Group and is joining us today on the podcast. Firstly, to discuss how the wool market has fared in the opening two weeks of sales that we've just had after the winter recess, with a bit of insight into the activity in China and Europe and how that's impacting the market. One of the things that we've seen in recent weeks is growers withdrawing wool from sale, so we're going to get Mark's take on how that's affecting buying strategy as well. Now, onto the broader ag markets, I will leave Rob and Mark to talk about wool. But for lamb and sheep sales, it was an incredibly strong market this week. And we had really been fooled into thinking that we'd hit the winter peak and the market was on its downhill run to spring. But lo and behold, there was a complete 180 with the Eastern States Trade Lamb Indicator rallying 66 cents to 957 cents per kilo carcass weight. Heavy lambs are 388 cents higher than the same time last year. And MLA also reported that new season lambs at Wagga broke the national record with a pen of 31 kilo lambs reaching $331 a head. And all of this was in a week where one of the major processes in Dubbo was offline and not buying for the week due to concerns about COVID in the community. So incredibly strong demand on display there. The market for young cattle continues to show strength as well with the Eki above 1,000 cents again this week. Finished cattle prices did move lower, but we saw a big drop in the Australian dollar, which will support export demand if it sticks around at that level. So there is a quick summary for you, and now it's my pleasure to hand over to Robert Herman and Mark Symes. Well, it's a great pleasure on Mercado Commodity Conversations to um, have Mark Symes back. Just as an introduction, you're the Southern... Uh, wool manager for G. Snyder Australia and certainly one of the um, the key players in the market. And I had just had a look on LinkedIn today. Mark, you've been at G. Snyder for a long time now after uh, starting off at Elders. Yes, yeah, uh, nearly 25 years, Rob. Yeah, it's a great it's a great effort and you're, you're certainly very well known and, and the representation you make of G. Snyder is, is they must be very appreciative too because you've certainly lifted the profile Let's talk about the wool market, though, and I know we've got, we're going to cover a few different things, but we can't ignore the fact that the first two weeks of this wool sale have really struggled, you know, coming out of the winter break. We finished, the, we finished up towards the winter break, not too bad, I thought, but it certainly didn't open well. No, that's right, Rob, and thanks very much for having me uh, back on again. I appreciate the, uh, the exposure to, um, to your listeners, and uh, on behalf of the company, um, we... We thank you for uh, you know helping us increase our profile. Um, yeah, the start starting two weeks uh, for the last three years has been fairly poor. You know, we um, we had a very disastrous uh, pre-COVID you know start to the season you know, where the market dropped thirty percent over three weeks in its entire value. And then last year, during the middle of COVID, we had a similar situation the first three weeks and. Now, this year, um, the first two weeks have opened um, fairly poorly, um, mainly due to, you know, large sales and, and, um, and, and 
uh, less demand? I think we, we probably just need a, to uh, note that even though it is has been two pretty tough weeks, we're still more than 30% above the same time last year. And so we sort of, um, we see the two weeks as being pretty catastrophic, but it's not as bad as what it first looks, Mark. No, that's for sure, Rob. Um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. I think, um, you know, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, the same time last year, the indicator was around a thousand cents and, and uh, this week we're hovering around 1330. Um, so in reality, you know, the prices are still very good and, um, you know, it's just a, a bit of a, a glitch in, in the process of, uh, you know, uncertainty in, in, again, amid COVID conditions that's uh, created a little bit of hesitation. I, I imagine, Mark, that it's um, a lot of the, that is coming out of China. I mean, we can't ignore the fact that they are our biggest customer. So they must be having some, uh, I guess, cautionary approach to, uh, to buying at the moment. Can you give us a bit of background on what you're seeing or what you're hearing about as far as China's concerned? Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, obviously with 85 to 90% of our wool going to China, um, there is uh, an obvious impact um, when, when they get nervous. And, and part of that is um, increased COVID um, activity at the moment in, in a couple of uh, their major cities, which they've locked down very quickly. Um, and they, they are confident that they'll get that under control within the next couple of weeks. Um, as a result of that, it, it creates nervousness amongst the, the local Chinese processors. Um, they're fearful of, uh, of um, a lack of consumer demand in the short term, um, which in, in turn you know, creates nervousness for them in, in terms of hedging or taking a position in the market. Um, and um, they really have felt that the market has been overheated coming into the, the close before the long break. Mm -hmm. And um, they would rather have seen the indicator down around the 1320 than up around 1380 where we finished prior to the recess. Um, so we're at that, that point now. Um, they also feel that 18.5 and finer um, microns are, are overheated. And, um, and again, we've seen you know, a retraction in those, those micron categories um, in the last two weeks. Yes, and that, that's a really good point, Mark, because, um, you know, we were sort of reporting through the autumn of this year how strong the fine wool prices were and how, um, you know, we had the 17 micron setting sort of a record over the medium wool prices as a premium. But I do notice that um, in this week's reports, it was noted, um, I think it was Scott Carmody at uh, the AWI report who noted that there was very strong demand for Europe and and especially Italy, I'm tipping that your your company was involved in that. Mark, what can you tell us about that? And what sort of um, wool was being um, influenced in by those buyers? Yeah, no, definitely um, we were part of that activity, uh, Rob. Um, us and uh, and our our main nemesis being New England Wool, uh, being uh, you know. Uh, a big campaign is for the high quality um, finer micron um, end of the market. Um, and that's basically where the strength was. It was in um, res responsibly uh, sourced wools, um, wools with NM and CM um, you know, mulesing status. Uh, these wools, in reality, um, compared to the rest of the market, retracted minimally um, compared to the large 
um, you know, reductions in in overlong part tender or tender and and colour and cotty wools that were available this week. But but it's good to see um, you know some competition coming into the weaving types, um, particularly in the the 17, 18, and 19 microns. I also noticed um, Andrew Woods was doing some work on it during the week about the the VM discounts and. They traditionally are quite high at this time of the year because there's plenty of VM wool about. So I imagine the type of wool you're looking for, not the VMs, of, you know, the be all and end all of these specifications, but the type of wool you're looking for is, is you know, fairly difficult to find at times. Oh, most definitely, and, and particularly at the moment because of the, the seasons uh, we've had, and um, not only this year but last year, I think we've returned to more traditional seasons, quite wet, wet winters and coming into, um, uh, you know, enormously lush springs that, um, you know, the VM, particularly post-Christmas this year, the autumn, autumn shorn walls were, were um, quite dusty and, and, you know, a lot more VM than, than we would have seen in previous years um, due to, to uh, drier, warmer, drier conditions. Um, so that is playing a big part, not only for, for us in the, the high fashion, then, you know, uh, looking to, by um, you know, free or nearly free wolves, but it's also having an impact on the Chinese market as well. Yeah, and look, that all makes sense. So I'm talking to um, Mark Symes today from uh, G. Snyder, who's the Southern Wool Manager, and we're getting some really good insights on the wool here on Commodity Conversations. Um, before I go to talk about um, the your initiative, Mark, I just want to bring up, it's interesting that this week, I think, Week on week, there was about 15,000 bales less offered. So the offering was down 15,000 bales. And after growers passed in, um, you know, what they pass in about uh, 28% of the offering, we only sold 24,000 bales. How does that impact on your, well, perhaps not so much your purchases because you're quite specific, but I guess there are other, you know, larger volume buyers of, of our bread and butter wools. How does that impact on a buyer and an exporter when those sort of movements in offering and, and sold volumes come into play? Yeah, it's a good point, Rob. Um, it's very difficult to manage because you you walk into the um, the wool auction assuming that um, you've got a certain amount of wool um, to compete and participate on, um, and then all of a sudden you you know have a a twenty or thirty percent reduction in in availability. Um, it all of a sudden um, restricts your movement in not only in particular types. Um, um, for us, you know, quite often we see uh, some of the high quality, um, uh, best style, length and strength uh, wools. Uh, generally, the wools that growers would like to hang on to, you know, for further down the track and and for to get maximum competition, those wools are taken out of the market, and and all of a sudden it changes uh, your buying strategy dramatically and, and obviously forces you to, to compete um, more fiercely on, on the lots that are left in the auction that are available to, to the whole room to compete on. Yes, and I noticed the report was that in the second day of this week, sir, when a lot more was withdrawn, it actually supported the market. So in a, in a, in a funny way, probably, um, you know, farmers pulling their wool off the market when, the, when things are uncertain and the confidence isn't there, is supporting the market to some degree, but uh, and I also made a point in our wool report this week, Mark. I'll be interested in your thoughts. Is that you now Western Australia only offered four thousand bales and sold seventeen hundred bales, and I suspect part of that 
is that most of the wool producers in WA would be uh, grain producers as well, and they're probably looking forward to a big crop, and they're thinking, well, if there's no real demand for our, um, our wool at the moment, we'll sit on it and we'll, uh, we'll wait till the grain cash comes in. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Robin, and, uh, and I, I actually like that. I like uh, a bit of pushback from the growers um, to, uh, to test the market. It's, um, you know, we, we don't want to see them um, having a fire sale and selling everything that's, um, that's put on offer. I like the, the way that growers use reserves to protect themselves and, um, and um, you know, farming, modern farming these days, there's uh, uh, usually two or three different income streams within a, within a yep. farming business. And, um, and I'm, I'm glad that the other commodities are, are strong and that it gives growers the ability to, um, to uh, you know, hold back wool if they need to and, and test the market and, and not actually put it on the market um, because it's a last resort. Yes, that's right, Mark. Now, I want to talk a little bit about um, an initiative of G. Snyder Group, um, and I know it's a passion of yours, and that is, you know, getting information back to the growers. Um, and you're, you're running a, um, a wool, you're calling it the Wool Connect Conference. And um, I had a look, it's, it's got a, an amazing array of speakers. Can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, the, the idea behind it? And... Um, we're probably, I haven't got it written down here, but you better tell us the dates for this conference as well, mate. Yeah, sure, Rob. Um, as you say, uh, it is a passion of mine and I, I love the, the, the concept of uh, We'll Connect because it brings um, together all sectors of the industry to have a voice and, and that's something that we're passionate about um, at the Schneider Group um, internationally. We all, um, we all want to, to give back to the industry that's uh, given us you know, 25 and 30 years, well, me personally, 25 to 30 years of enjoyment uh, being involved. Um, and, you know, the Schneider Group is a family-run company um, of which uh, Giovanni Schneider and Eleanor Schneider are the, the new owners of the company. They're the, the children of, of Marco Schneider, who um, um, took over the company from his father and dates back to 1922 when we started buying wool um, in, in Australia. Um, the Wool Connect itself is, as I say, it's a voice for all sectors of the industry to, um, to inform wool growers for, of, uh, of all nations um, and uh, of the developments within the industry, um, whether it be from um, processing or retailing. We get involved with brand partners. We also get involved with animal, animal welfare groups. Everyone has their opportunity to put their their case forward and and ultimately it's about um, you know climate change and improving the industry uh, from from the point of growing wool to wearing wool and something that we're we're proud of trying to uh, open up those lines of communication and make it fully transparent for everyone to be involved. I think it's a wonderful concept and if you anyone wants to have a look on the website just just type in Wool Connect Conference and and you'll see the link comes up but. Um, the, the, the range of speakers you've got is absolutely amazing. I mean, it's from almost, I think it looks like it's from every continent. It's certainly from every aspect of the wool pipeline. So from wool producers right down to, you know, a representative of Hugo Boss at the other end of the chain mark. It's, it, it's a big program. Yes, and, and you know, we're, we're proud of uh, 
uh, having those relationships um, that we can call on and 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 collaborate with um, to to help inform everybody involved. And we had a great response for our first conference last year, which was pulled together within one month of, of the, the date that, that it was held on in October. This year, we've brought it forward a month. Um, we're now running the event on September the 7th through to the 9th. And the concept is that it's just for two hours of each day. And as you said, the, the multitude of speakers that we have, have five or 10 minutes to, to do a presentation. And then we would like uh, interaction from people behind the scenes uh, to ask questions and interact. And we're, and we're hoping that the platform of Wool Connect will become a, a, um, a pseudo LinkedIn for, for, wool, for the wool industry in a way that growers from different countries can connect, um, growers and retailers, growers and processors. Um, uh, we, we see it as a, a really uh, a way forward for the industry to, um, to connect and keep up to date with the, the latest issues in relation to climate change, in relation to uh, animal welfare issues, relation to traceability, sustainability, and and the new wave of, of uh, interest is regenerative agriculture, which includes um, national capital, um, natural capital accounting, and and carbon accounting. Well, they're they're all really um, uh, topical topics at the moment, and and look, it's a great concept. It's a, it's from the seventh to the ninth of September. Uh, you can register online. It's an online event, obviously. Two-hour sessions. I noticed that um, in in Australia, the sessions are at 3 p.m. in Perth or on the East Coast here at 5 p.m. But if you're in New York, you've got to get up at 3 a.m. to be part of it, Mark. So I guess we're a bit lucky that you're, you've been able to sort that out. Mark, who's who are you looking to have come on board for this? Who, who's invited to this? What, what sort of people do you think are going to register? Oh, we're, we're looking um, for... Anybody who's interested in in textiles, basically, um, we uh, we want anybody who has a a passion or an interest in in any uh, stage of the supply chain, from growing wool to to wearing wool, and that's that's the whole concept. Last year, we had I think seven hundred participants um, over the over the three days, two hundred and twenty per day actually watched live because of the time uh, differences. But then, you know, with the access to the recordings, uh, it makes it an easy process for people to to sit down and listen at their leisure, you know, after work with a glass of wine and and um, just absorb, you know, the information that's being presented to them. Yes, well, just looking at the, uh, as I say, looking at the registration of people who are who are going to be speaking, um, I think you're going to get a lot of interest. I think also the importance of linking people in this industry you know when, when you grow wool out here sometimes you think oh my job is to you know breed the lamb um, look after the sheep shear the wool send it down to the wool store and and go back and breed another lamb but the reality is that we're involved in a wonderful industry that's really linked and uh, and I think your example here of pulling together these people is um, is demonstrating how strong and and broad ranging those links are so I commend you for that Mark, can we um, can we talk to you again, maybe even just very close to it, just to get a last minute chat about how it's all progressing and 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 how your um, registrations that are going? Yeah, most definitely, Robert. I'd love to, and we thank you um, for your help and 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 I've got to say the the broking wool broking industry here in Australia has been fantastic allies in 
helping connect with wool growers and that's um, something that we're passionate about is that we we don't want to become a wool broker but we want to build those relationships and and we have um, successfully um, a lot of the wool brokers here in Australia have become sponsors of our event this year and um, and through that sponsorship they are giving us access to um, to be able to uh, reach wool growers either via the Authentico registration uh, and membership um, where there's 750 farms currently as we speak um, and our Authentico RWS farm grouping system of which we now have 50 farms RWS certified in our, on our scope certificate and just the, the wool growing fraternity in general, we, you know, we get access through the broking industry, which is absolutely uh, sensational. That's a really good point you make about uh, the involvement of everybody in the industry, because if you, it, it, some people, I guess we take it for granted a little bit, Mark, but if you think about, you know, a fleece of wool being sold in, shorn in the back blocks of um, Victoria or Queensland or something, and eventually ending up, you know, in a high quality product in uh, London or, or Madrid or, uh, you know, Hugo Boss or something like that, it's all managed, you know, in a wonderful way. And that system has been built over a long time and it's very efficient. Yeah, most definitely. And um, and it's it's only through building those long-term close relationships and and that's, uh, you know, a strength of, of the the family and the company of uh, the, of the Schneider Group, and something that we're very proud of, and and we want to uh, continue on into the next generation um, of uh, of young people that are joining the Schneider Group. Well, look, we've been talking to Mark Symes, uh, he's Southern Wool Manager of uh, G Schneider. Thanks very much, Mark, for your insights into the wool market. And look, we wish you all the best. Genuinely, wish you all the best for this conference because you know the transfer of information isn't always willing and, and easily done in, in agricultural supply chains. So we, we applaud you for your efforts. We wish you all the best. We look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks, Rob, for the opportunity and, and thank you to your listeners. appreciate it. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Rob. Thank you for listening in to another episode of Commodity Conversations. Please, if you have any colleagues, friends, family that might find this podcast useful, please share it around. It is the most COVID-friendly sharing that you can do at the moment. Or if you have a few minutes, leave us a review or rating on your podcast app, which will help others to find it. Take care and we'll be back next week.